All right, so before I start this one, I just want to say I'll probably be doing a lot more of these, you know, talking about my favorite uh, basketball players and um, artists in general, you know, when I say artist, well, basketball players, really. Anyways, Carmelo Anthony is one of my favorite basketball players uh, growing up, and I think his story is really interesting on why he doesn't have an NBA championship. Um, I think there's a number of reasons why he doesn't have an NBA championship. If you look at his, uh, you know, if you just look at his background, his resume, I mean, He's an All-American. He's an all-time hooper. He's an all-time great. He's probably one of the top uh, 25 to ever dribble the ball. Um, But, you know, there were a lot of things that got in the way of him getting that beloved championship, championship ring. So, I want to get into it. So, as a former athlete, I love to watch sports. As a man, I love the smell of competition. This reminds me of when I was watching a movie called Guess Who with Bernie Mac. He mentions to his daughter's new boyfriend that real men play sports. And that took me back to my middle school days. If you weren't in athletics, you were either in band, choir, or cooking class. They called it FAPA. And I think you got two choices. But boys who were turning into men who needed discipline, we need football. We need athletics. Anyways, most of us didn't make it to the pros. You know, there's a very small percentage that do. And those that do are very fortunate, but they're always up for critique. So that brings me to Carmelo Anthony and why he doesn't. (coughs) Why he doesn't have a ring. Sorry about that, y'all. No corona around here either. And let me say this before we start. Uh... George Carl, who was Melo's coach, uh, has his own account on why Melo doesn't have a ring or why he wasn't a winner. And when I say a winner, I mean a holder of NBA championships. It's because Melo had a lot of money but had no father figure to show for him, to show him how to act like a man. This is what George Carl said, his coach for, I think, six or seven years. A lot of people took that as a shot to him, but... Like I always say, the truth hurts. And to be honest, I believe Carl. I think it's very true. He said that when they traded Melo to the Knicks, it was like popping a blister. He called him a true conundrum um, who was not a leader and showed minimum effort on on the defensive end. He also criticized J.R. Smith, Kenyon Martin, and DeMarcus Cousins. And anyone and every one of them lashed back and claimed Carl was just trying to remain relevant and he was delusional. But it's quite obvious that he was telling the truth. Carmelo Anthony. It's a damn shame Melo doesn't have any rings. Well, he has some, just not related to the NBA championship. Melo was one of my favorite players growing up. I had a lot... I know you'll probably hear me say that a lot, but, you know, I'm going to be doing these types of shows. So, 
I'll probably be saying, oh, that was my favorite player. Oh, that was one of my favorite players. Oh, that was one. Look, Melo was one. He was up there. I had Kobe was my favorite. Uh, Monte Ellis was up there. Stephen Curry. I like basketball. I was about Jamal Crawford. You know, people like that. I I just like basketball players. But I honestly thought he was better than LeBron at one point. For me, I thought he was he he was the best way to play basketball, you know, and the best way was to go to Michael Jack Michael Jordan route, play a couple years in college, so you know you could work on your overall game, then hit the NBA as, as an adult. People like KG, Kobe, Jermaine O'Neal, LeBron were all coming out of high school, and don't get me wrong, I respected their games, especially Kobe, but I always thought you know Melo had the edge over them because he was playing collegiate ball. And he actually won the national tournament. And I think that early success may have gotten to his head. And I believe he let Eleni Vasquez control his destiny. And finally, I believe Melo is a very emotional man. So let's get into it. You know, let's get into like his, I guess, background over there. Because, you know, I'm not I'm not a biographer. You know, I'm not writing a biography about the man. Um, and I'm not Wendy Williams with the uh, <laughs> with the gossip, but you know I, I do think there are things that happen in his life that tie in. So Anthony's route was to to the NBA was, let me say this, fun. I can only imagine how it was to be him. I used to look up to him because he was doing everything that I wanted to do on the basketball floor. Obviously, a very skilled player. He was built to score the ball, smooth on the court. I think one reason why I think he was so smooth is because he's Puerto Rican. Well, at least part Puerto Rican, his father. His mom was black like us, but he's from Brooklyn, He but he grew up in Baltimore. My man my grew up in the hood but went to school in the suburbs on some All-American shit. His first three years, he was at a Catholic school. Then he did one year at a boarding school called Oak Hill Academy. Now, Oak Hill Academy is a basketball academy. Players like Michael Beasley, Steve Blake, uh, Kevin Durant, Quinn Cutts, Steve Jackson, Brandon Jennings, just to name a few. Oak Hill took good players from the hood that needed to get their grades up so they can have a chance to play collegiate basketball. It's funny, though, because the school was built in 1878. Basketball wasn't even invented yet, but their team didn't get good till the 80s. You know what happened, though? Their school was losing money, enrollment numbers were, in, were decreasing, and the president of the school gave his son the blessing in around the 80s to go up to New York with a bunch of hope dream, hoop dreams and scholarships. And they became one of the best uh, basketball powerhouses in high school ever. Uh, you know, anybody growing up, uh, anyone who wanted to, you know, a chance to play in the league or a chance to play college ball wanted to go to Oak Hill. Um, it was like getting a scholarship from Duke. So when Melo went there, for some reason, he really wanted to go to college. Um, he took the ACT numerous times um, just so he can get an eight, a 19, so he can get into Syracuse. Uh, his, gla- his grades were below C average before he got to Oak Hill. And I can't help but think that there was some funny shit going on at Oak Hill with Coach Steve Smith and that, uh, that president. Um, but that's neither here nor there because, you know, I'd be lying to say if I didn't want to be in that position. Uh, he didn't need school, when I say school, college, uh, but he used it to his advantage. 
Uh, he used his single-season campaign very well. Uh, he beat LeBron that year, and he was a McDonald's All-American. And finally, he got that 19 so that he can, you know, attend Syracuse. So basically, his high school career was hella fun. Uh, also, he did AAU basketball, kilted in AAU that summer, all that, man. Uh, he was doing his thing. So college, he goes to college. He was arguably the best college basketball player in the 2002-2003 season. Uh, some notable players to get a feel of that year was Dwayne Wade at Marquette. He was in his third season. You had T.J. Ford. I think he won the um, the highest basketball award you can win. You had Kyle Korver at, at Creighton. I remember him. His little brother. I used to give his little brother buckets. Uh, Nick Collison, Josh Howard. I think he had Josh Smith. Um, but all those players, Melo was clearly better than. Back then, it was common for players to stay in college for at least two years. They weren't really one and duns. Melo won a championship, uh, so he decided to leave. Even though he was planning to stay at least two years, you know, big man on campus. Shit, it's time to go ahead and cash out and win some NBA championships. So let's talk about Melo's pro career. So in, in sports, there are two types of athletes. You got the squares and you got the non-squares. You know, squares, they don't do recreational drugs. You know, they take care of their bodies, all that good shit. They ain't going out, going to parties, all on the, uh, all on the, um, what's it, posters and flyers downtown, whatever city they play in, and all that. You know, trust me, Kobe wasn't on on many on many flyers in L.A. You know, a square, I mean a non-square might you know do the opposite, might smoke a little weed, drink here and there, like to go out and party, you know. But still claim to be focused, you know, on the major task at hand. Most players who have major roles, you know, and are key players are squares. You know, Kobe, LeBron, Michael, D-Wade, KD, you know, they don't smoke weed and party like that. They work on their craft and they have focus. Role players are often non-squares. You know, they participate in those recreational activities. You know, well, it's no secret that Melo was caught up in the shits. And who's to say it didn't slow him down when he, and make him lose focus? Uh, his first years were cool, but it wasn't until till 2009 when he got to the NBA Western Conference Finals where he, you know, almost got a taste of a ring, but Kobe and company stopped him. And he would never again sniff a Western Conference Championship Finals again. Um, we all know what happened with the Knicks. Nothing. Then he goes to Air, Oklahoma. Nothing happens. Then he comes to Houston for only two games before they cut him. He misses a whole year before joining the Portland Trailblazers. Uh, some say the game, you know, changed from right under his feet. They say he shoots low percentage shots and the ball slows down. Defensively, he was a liability uh, because he was too slow to guard anybody. You know, it's tough for him because... You know, he never really wanted to take a lesser role. And he thought he was, you know, the same mellow he was when he first got there. And so a lot of teams didn't want to pick him up because, you know, he wasn't a starter, but he had the mindset that he was a starter. <clears throat> so that's basically his career in a nutshell. Um but that doesn't really tell you why he doesn't have a ring. But you know what? It's 
time to keep it a buck. Why he doesn't have a ring. And you know what? I'm not going to blame his low basketball IQ. Even though he was a scorer, he didn't have the highest basketball IQ. Let's just put it out there. Uh, High basketball IQs are like LeBron James, Michael Jordan. Uh, I don't consider Kobe Bryant, uh, Melo, D-Wade, those type of players that have high IQs in the game. I won't even blame his lack of leadership. I won't blame his lack of defense on on the defensive end because there were a lot of players that were (laughs) worse than Melo and did, did far less and still have rings. But what's the difference? He let Alaney Vasquez into his life. First of all, and who is Alaney Vasquez? Lala, a.k.a. Lala. So let's just start. First of all, you never, as a man, take a woman seriously who's older than you. And I don't care what anyone says. If you date a woman who's older than you, she will try to control you, manipulate you, and she's going to try to be your mother. And she, and worst of all, she's going to bring chaos into your life. Anyways, Lala and her little thotty, little fake B-list celebrity friends, uh, you know, the early day love and hip hop type, used to prey on rookies. Literally. They would, they would, they would know more about rookie stats, about college, uh, college draftees going into the draft, more about their stats than Stephen A and M. Basically, they would seduce them, you know, get them pregnant, and grab their meal tickets. And to be honest, there's nothing wrong with it because the woman is, by nature, a groupie. They're naturally attracted to men with power. So when you have, you know, your shit together and you walking with confidence, a woman's going to be attracted by that. That's why I always say it's incumbent on a man to see what is coming his way so he can categorize the woman that he's dealing with. I say this to say, Melo didn't just walk down the street and see Lala on the porch and spit game. He had to literally fight for her. Like, fight for her. You know, the story that I heard at the time and that was floating around is that Lala was dating some dude named Sugar J. uh, But was also dating Melo. Because she knew he was going to the league and that, you know, I guess they started to like each other. Mello, you know, he was probably just like, damn, I got the girl from TRL, the TRL who, the TRL host, the girl from MTV. And, you know, so one night, Lala and Mello up in the club, I guess she ain't know her boyfriend or other dude, Sugar J, was going to walk in. Sugar J see his girl. He tried to kiss her. Lala moves. Uh, she was like, nah, I'm with, I'm with uh, my mans right now. Sugar J's like, your mans? I'm your mans. What you talking about? I guess moments later, Lala tried to apologize. But Sugar J, I'm not calling him Sugar J no more. I'm just going to call him J. J wasn't, you know, he wasn't having it. And allegedly, he spit in her face. So when Melo see this, Melo starts molly whopping on dude. And dude was like 5'2 five, five, with short arms. You know, so Melo just going in on him, welling him out. Wow, wow, wow. Dude can't even swing on him because his arms is too short. He beat his ass all the way outside the club. Long story short, Melo gets arrested and he got to give up a bag. The dude 
uh, yeah, files charges or whatever. He starts a high fashion clothesline called Members Only or Members Club or some shit like that. So that was back in like 2002, 2003, 2000, yeah, something like that. So from 2004 to 2010, Melo just was engaged with Lala. He ain't married. You know, they had they they did have a child or whatever. They was together. Uh, you know, and they finally got married in 2010, and that came along with a TV show uh, surrounding Lala and her dwindling career and Melo's quote-unquote big decision whether to stay in Denver or go to New York. And in the end, he chooses New York because I'm sure he wanted to accommodate Lala's dwindling career. And, I mean, it's clear that Lala wanted to be famous and that she needed someone or something to cling on to so that she can take her career to the next level. Because she was with old dude because he was some producer or fashion designer or something. And then she was saying, well, this nigga ain't really going to go nowhere. Let me get with a baller type dude. Because that's what her and her friends was doing. They, Her and her other best friend had got a baller dude too, but he ain't make it in the league like that. He ended up playing overseas or something, breaking his leg or something like that. But they was all like little, you know, uh, VJs and, you know, columnists in these magazines, um, bloggers, early bloggers, stuff like that. You know, stuff that they still do to this day. You know, shade room type chicks. And it's crazy, too, because last summer there was a video that went viral of Lala saying she don't need a man and F Negroes and all this other stuff. You know, and. All the pro-black women who claim to be pro-black <laughs> agreeing with her saying, F these Negroes. Uh, anyways, I say all this to say, you know, every great man, behind every great man is a great woman, right? Kobe had Vanessa. Mike had Juanita. LeBron had Savannah. D-Wade had Sayovah. Whatever you know, say her name is. But, you know, I'm done talking about, you know. D-Wade and his new wife. I'm done with them. My point is, most picked good women. And Melo had to go get him a loudmouth liberal woman with a fake body and a fake personality. And it hurt him in the end. But hey, that's just my opinion. <laughs>